Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm still so very, very thankful every day that I have not seen Cats. (laughs) I mean, I'm Alex. (laughs) And I'm a greater man for what I experienced. I have more character. Um, (laughs) By which I mean I'm Britain. Uh... Hey, everybody, and hey to uh, our podcast hosts, my friends Tyler and Alex. How are you guys doing? Doing pretty well, all especially right. after this movie, Tyler. Hey, I, I, yeah. I, I hope you would agree. This is all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're, uh, we're reviewing Learning to Drive, uh, I believe, about a young man who gets his driver's license, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jimmy Bond. Yeah, you know. Yeah, <laughs> Jimmy Bond. <laughs> I know they've done like young He's James Bond. He's just seven Bond. years old. I know they He's have zero zero seven years old. Sure, <laughs> sure. <clears throat> in in the UK, you have to be double O seventeen in order to get your driver's license. Um, <clears throat> I know they've done the young like Bond adventure novels or whatever, but yes. I really like the idea of of <clears throat> like child versions of Bond titles. <laughs> <laughs> Like, literally just licensed to drive. What would you do for Octopussy? <laughs> It'd be Octocat. Like we <laughs> oh, right, right, yeah. <laughs> Septuple Cat. <laughs> I don't know why six isn't... I don't know. Rolled, it was a bit. Move on. Rolled gold um, pretzel finger. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you pulled it back around. Alex, this The man week, with the golden watch? We're talking about... License. Kids love watches. We're talking about License to Kill, a James Correct. Bond adventure. Yeah, the video game uh, from what are the scores? Fun fact before I get to the scores, originally it was going to be called License Revoked. But then, <laughs> wow. But then <laughs> appara- the reason they changed it was because apparently they thought American audiences would not know what revoked meant. Oh, come on. Yes. I think the real reason is they realized, wait, we're not making a, a TNT midnight movie. This isn't going straight to VHS. License revoked, starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. That's I mean, I will say Robert Davi has done a lot of movies that will seem like they could be titled License Revoked. Oh, that's so good. Now, where do you go to, to reinstate your license to kill? Is there like a DMV for, for killing? From well, Department this of movie Murder does not answer that. True. Interesting. Now, guys, I... I think it's, it's kind of like with a normal driver's license where you have to go rogue and uh-huh. escape the police in order to prove that you were right when you, like, hit uh. the red light. And then they'll be like, oh, you're, okay. You're a... You're, you're, you know, you're, you're in a loose cannon, uh, but, but dang, you get driving results, you know? <laughs> Is that how you get out of all your tickets? Yes, you're just, and you're like, but I learned wait, from the movies! I, I feel like, t- Tyler, you were giving us a bit more personal information than you thought you were. Sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always want to, you know, if you see, it's, it's, a, it's a little known hack, uh, a life hack. Yeah, when you, if you see sirens behind you... Just or, or uh, I guess it would be just the police lights, sirens. You can't. See. If you hear sirens and see police lights, you just drive faster. Yeah, and and then they're like, oh, okay, you you can drive well fast, so you're good. That's this how you know the test be is begun. Guilty. He's not trying to fake it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So license to kill, but you got to drive carefully, <laughs> or else you'll be put to the real test, the test before Saint Peter. Oh, so hey, kids, listen. 
If you have some excuse for me about why why you're not buckling up, well, save it for somebody else, brother, because they're out there keeping you safe, driving across railroad tracks, farmland. I'm, I just get so steamed about <laughs> dr- road safety. Now we're now let, let's talk about the different road signs. I'm going to show you guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Alex, for the ninth time, will you please uh, let's let's do the scores for License to Kill, a movie I managed to stop watch, playing Stardew Valley to watch. It was hard. That's uh, yeah, I can understand that impulse. Um, so License to Kill, it was the last of John Glenn's run on Bond. It came out in 1989, and it has a 76% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 60% audience score. Um. So this one's a little divisive among the James Bond fan base, as far Hmm. as I'm aware. Hmm. And much like Man with the Golden Gun, this one was not a huge success at the time. And there was some legal fallout in terms of the Bond franchise after this. And it led to a six-year hiatus until GoldenEye. So just a little bit of backstory. Because I guess before then they had probably had one at least in the tank for – what one every two years every two years yeah, yeah. so yeah. they always had a stark and winterfell which so is to speak. It, it was interesting because i was looking at that and yeah because there's the, the the hiatus after this um but the box office doesn't seem to be like the last four movies i think varied between 150 and, and 200 million worldwide yeah um so like it and that was more or less cons- i mean the i think the ones before that maybe <clears throat> at the height of Roger Moore's stuff for a little more uh, lucrative words. Um, but, yeah, that's an inter- it was interesting that that was the point where they were like, all right, cutting it off. We're done here. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it seemed like a weird place to... Well, I think also it was opening against like a bunch of very popular movies sure. in 1989. Like, I think Batman and Ghostbusters mm. 2. Oh, wow. Like, it was competing it against some, some pretty big juggernauts. Which also... Can lead to some some studio uh, envy to be like in the the Avengers uh, <laughs> to, to reference the same the the equivalent of Batman nineteen eighty nine for two thousand twelve same same deal of like oh my gosh we have to do that why aren't we doing that <laughs> right um, so Tyler having not been on board with Timothy Dalton's uh, take yes. on Bond thus far how how did you feel about this one and then what was your best thing and your worst thing. Well, I, I think my best thing is Timothy Dalton, <laughs> so there's that. Um, I could say I could say several best things, but I think this does a lot of things better than yeah. other Bond movies that we have reviewed over the last year or so. And this one, was it? Were you holding against it the fact that Bond goes rogue? I really wasn't because again, I also think I, and and this is kind of a larger point. I feel like this movie. Um, has a lot of things in it that are now cliches or tropes, um, but they're done well within the movie. Right. And it's it's more, I noticed those things, and I was like, huh, I wonder if that's where that sort of started. Um, I can't, I, I know there were a couple of lines that I can't think of at the top of my head uh, that I specifically was like, oh, is that is that like why people started using that line all the time from that point on? Um, and like the going rogue thing, the, the way that's played. Like it's, and I know Bond's gone rogue before in this, series um has he done it in any of the ones we reviewed up to this point like 
chronologically released order? He technically does it at the end of Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Um, right. When he goes with Tracy's father to go attack Blofeld. Mm. I don't think he does it in any of the Roger Moore films. Interesting. Because if, this... if he, he doesn't do it very often is the point. Right. That The big takeaway. Right. So the, when he it, does at it least in until this movie, the movie, it's supposed to... <laughs> what was that? At least until the correct ones. Right. But but the point is, like, in this movie, it's supposed to be a big deal. Yeah. It, this, that's when he does it. And it feels like they're doing that because they're like, oh, this would be an interesting story to tell, as opposed right. to, it's a, it's a crutch because it's yeah. really easy to just kind of separate him and do his own thing. But I think in this movie, it's really, really effective because for a lot of the movie, he is doing his own thing and he's he's having to, to act alone. He's having, he's I mean, he, he meets Q at one point. He, um, he has <laughs> Bovier, uh Pam Bouvier. Bouvier. Uh, yeah. And and she's she helps him out in some some spots, but ultimately, like, he's mostly trying to get things figured out himself, and he's, like, doing spy work. He's, he's infiltrating places. He's sneaking around, uh, trying to turn people against each other. Like, it, it, it's, I think, a much more effective place to take him, both as an actor and as a character, because um, it's clearly more of what he wanted to do. Right, and he shines. I think so much more in this than he did in whatever the last one was. Day- daylights, li- living, living deal, <laughs> daylights. Um, and I think a lot of the little side jokes or uh, puns and, and quips and stuff—they're all much darker. It's it's dark humor a lot of the time, right? Which is more effective, I think, for him. Um, uh, yeah, just far and away. I feel like this was this was a much better uh, use of his talents. Um, than the previous one. Um, I, I mean, I think my worst thing, uh, it's an obvious one, but I'm going to have to go with the, not even all of the romance stuff, mm. um, because I do think, uh, we've talked about before my, my theory on this podcast, that uh, if a movie has two attractive people, you can just say, they're attractive people. They want to, you yeah. know, they, they, they like what they see. They're going for it. <laughs> he is good woman. She is good man. Words other way around, <laughs> strike that, reverse it, or not. Um, but <clears throat> I, I feel like a lot of the times in movies, it's just kind of like whatever. I'll go with it. <clears throat> like obviously, movies only cast like super, not only, but the majority of the time, big blockbuster movies will yeah. only cast people that are supposed to be super attractive. So it's like they can get away with that because everyone in their movies is attractive, so they just roll with it. Um, but this one, I mean, it, it really is just like out of nowhere. They're just like, oh, yeah, they're they're making out now. Um, and it almost is so sudden and just like out of nowhere that just like, you know what? It works. They have chemistry. It's fine. Um, Are you specifically talking about the uh, scene where Bond meets Pam at the bar and then they escape on the boat? Yes, that was the first thing. And I guess it, it's really that kind of worked for me. But then is it Lupe? Yes. Later um, – that at one point she's like, I love him so much, and it's like, wait, yeah, I had that same. Come thought. again? Yeah. Oh, wait, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> they try to like Run have this back. weird love triangle kind of thing, or have yes. to choose between them at the end. And I do appreciate, I will say, I appreciate that at the end it acknowledges the fact that he's been sleeping with two women and he has yeah. to choose one, and right, like, right. they're upset at him for doing this. Yeah. <laughs> like, I also that's, appreciate that's that they didn't something. just kill off one of the girls. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, if that they had is, killed off Lupe, that would have been like the laziest thing they could yes, have done. That is, you mean like they do in every other Bond movie? Like they do in every other Bond movie. That, that is at least I I would argue progress, but it is still very much like. And there, there's never really a point where it's like, oh, he's using his 
his seductive bond wiles. He's being a charming man to push them into sleeping with him or whatever. Like, like it's it's mostly just like, oh, they they like each other. Well, I don't want to read too much into Lupe's obsession with him mm-hmm. because, like, uh, clearly she's got some like Stockholm syndrome or something for staying with Robert Davi's character, sure. and then. Like, the first time she runs into Bond, he's got, like, a knife at her neck. Like, I don't want to read into that too much, because sure. that could be... Yeah. It, that could be it very problematic. 100% still not a... I mean, I, I think Bouvier approaches being a strong female character. I, um, yeah, I think she's the closest these movies have come. Yes. At least I, the ones I, I really enjoy when she gets introduced. I think... Towards the end, where they kind of make her a little bit more like, oh, why doesn't Bond like me, or why why is he choosing her? I, I think yeah. that's a little bit like, come on now. But I think ultimately, it, and and they get a nice little callback to when they yeah, first yeah. made out <laughs> at the end of the movie with the the what, what is it they say? Um, why didn't you ask me? Or no, you should have. I usually wait to be asked. Or, something like that. Yeah, asking. Um, something about asking. Uh, hey, consent, you know? I'm just mm-hmm. saying. They're, they're discussing. <laughs> uh, but I think ultimately both, <laughs> like I don't hate it. I think both hate that element of the movie. I think both of the, the female characters work to some extent. Yeah. Um, but it is very, it's very just like, yeah, we're just rolling with it. And just because it is better than maybe any of the other Bond movies in terms of like I'm thinking specifically in terms of how Bouvier is characterized. Sure, I, I would say that, um, of what I've seen. It's still that doesn't mean we have to uh, applaud it for that. <laughs> like it, it could yeah. still be better. Um, I um, mean, especially when you you've got like the Indiana Jones movies mm-hmm. having just been around with uh, Marion and, and like it's. I, I think when, when I think we're, we've now gotten past the point where we can look at it and be like, oh well, you know, it was the it was a long time ago, and that was just yeah, how movies were. Yeah. Like we. I mean, when did Alien come out? Seventy nine. Yeah, uh, like Ripley is a yeah really. is a movie hero at this point. Like, come on. And even then, Aliens was eighty six. Yes, so. exactly. Like we we can do better than this. Yeah, um, on the on the scale of movies, it's still not good. On the scale of Bond movies, it's pretty good. Because yes, yes. <laughs> she does a lot of. It's not just like oh, she totally punched that guy one time. She's a consistent participant in the fights, and she's helping him out, and and he seems to respect... He doesn't have, like, this condescending view of her fighting abilities. Mm -hmm. He's not like, okay, well, make sure the safety's off, you know. Okay, darling. There's a good bit right away where um, the... Sanchez? Sanchez is the big bad. Yes. Sanchez's goons come in, who also, I did not realize that was Benicio Del Toro yeah. until literally like halfway through the movie, yes. like when Indario. he comes back in, and yeah, I was ben- like, wait a minute. Benicito. Because um, <laughs> he's a little Benicio. <laughs> um, but they, they come in to start at the bar when they first meet, and uh, and he also has his Benicio quirks, and sure. I'll get into that, because um, he has one of my favorite lines in any Bond movie. Sure. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, Bond movie is like, do you do you have have weapons? Are you ready to to get yeah. out of here? And then he he like pulls his jacket back to show like, oh, I have a I have a pistol. And she's like, oh, come on now! Like she tisks <laughs> at him and she has a, yeah, a shotgun yeah. under the table, and that's that's a good bit. Well, like in that whole bar fight, she's doing more than he is. Yes. he's doing a lot of like scrambling and jumping, and he gets, she's he like, gets just, like whacked in the in the jaw. She has a shotgun that can create fraggle holes. Apparently, <laughs> she's like, here, I'll I'll and I'll, I'll make us an exit, and she shoots it with a shotgun. And instead of it being splintered, there's a perfect <laughs> just a circle, great, like yeah. a Looney Tunes hole. Yes. It's so good. Uh, 
it is it is nice that it's like oh Bond is the one who has to go start the boat. It's right. Not, it's right. not like Bond's fighting off all the goons while they make the woman go and yeah yeah. So th- there's stuff there, and I like her character a lot. Sure, um, no, I enjoyed her, but still, and she's, she's slightly boss-eyed too, which was interesting. Yeah. To see, mm-hmm. not like it's a deficiency. It's just like <laughs> you feel like these would be movies where they go, "Oh, can't, nope, yeah. not, not that." I do also like how they handle her with the finale because she's actively just kind of going, like while yes. Bond's just kind of wasting time with the big explosive set pieces, mm-hmm. she's actually doing stuff to really help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, similar um, to we talked about um, Miriam Dabo in the last movie, like yeah. was consistently a part of things mm-hmm. and not just the person he had to get out of the way. And also the fact that he's kind of the damsel in distress and she shows up to save him. Yeah. Not that they have to do that every time, but that's nice when they're, they're able to, to throw that in there. Yeah. Especially for, for what this movie is trying to be. Right. Yeah. And it is, you know, you never, wanna, you never want to excuse disrespectful treatment of humans as like, oh, it was a different time. But you also want to acknowledge like historical context and stuff for movies like from the 40s and whatnot. Right. I mean, this movie was made within my lifetime, yeah. so that feels it's a little galling. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, like we said, on the as, as far as Bond women go, and as far as the way a James Bond movie will treat its its female characters, it does a pretty good job. I would say that Felix's bride is not handled super great because sure. all she yeah. seems like all she wants to do is make out with Bond, and then she dies. Yeah, and Felix is is okay. He's like. Like, at the end of the movie, he's like, all right, Bond, well, I'll see you later. Too bad about my wife. Bye. <laughs> it was a little much. Which but, is I, <clears throat> the fact that I, I I was a little bit worried about that. And I, I think it's a shame that they kill her because that's a yeah, very, like, yeah. common sort of trope of. Sure, sure. Oh, we're, we're just sort of, you know, creating plot elements and <clears throat> <laughs> still got a. Get a hairball from cats. Um, <laughs> from the, uh, I was gonna say, uh, from from like kind of around this time period, you get a lot of, oh, we're killing off the the female love interest yeah. because we need the main character to have motivation. Yeah, yeah, that's like a big comics thing as well. Oh yeah, uh, it's... woman woman in, fr- in a fridge is a trope. Yeah. Well, and what uh, we didn't realize is... was that when this movie opened, George Lucas was sitting there in the theater and went, "What if we put Indiana Jones in a fridge?" <laughs> We could do that, I bet. Hmm. I really like the idea that that was George Lucas's like very naive, innocent way of trying to subvert something. <laughs> He's like, but wait, but we'll put him in a. In a but he just really never understood that phrase. He's like, yeah, because they're always putting ladies in fridges, and it's cold in there, and that's so mean to them. So we're gonna put our man in a fridge. And Stephen's like, George, that's not what that Which? what that means. Yeah, but okay, yeah. okay, George, we'll put him in. A, all right, sure. Yay! <laughs> just, the the fridge is the key. Uh, key to all of this. Um, and he's wearing like a Gloria Steinem shirt or something. But uh, basically, that, that's it. Comes from like a, I think it's a Green Lantern comic where uh, oh, you're right, Green, so. Green Lantern's girlfriend or wife. It's one of the Green Lanterns because there's like five. Um, gets gets murdered and like stuffed in a fridge, and it's like yeah. Okay, and it's all just entirely for the purpose of him having more character development. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, it is a, that is kind of what happens here, but it's also it's better than if Bond they had introduced a wife for Bond. Right, right. Just because in this they can also be like, okay, it's it's they kill off Felix's wife and then they they maim Felix, and it's like, okay, yeah. this is it's supposed to be the instigating thing of just like he he he's angry at Sanchez for yeah 
Pe- people he loves. Ruining this guy's life. Yeah, people and, he cares and, about. And killing this woman. And so it's it's not quite as direct. Uh, we've literally just introduced a love interest so yeah. that the character can be mad about something and right. that love interest does nothing. The love interest does do nothing, but that it's not his love interest. Sure. And, and <laughs> so the, there's something to be said about and that. And that they still have two <laughs> other female characters who are consistently yes. used throughout the movie yes. and are, as we said, on the Bond spectrum, treated much better. <clears throat> the Bond spectrum. The Bond spectrum. Coming to free form. Um, Alex, do you want to go or shall I? You can go. Mm, okay. I I hope I'm good enough. Um, I think so. I almost started singing a song from Miss Saigon, <laughs> which would not have had any bearing on anything, but it's a, it's an okay show. Um, hot take on Miss Saigon, I guess. Um, now, uh, I, I'm going to say that my... Uh, I'll do my worst first. Uh, it's I, it's I feel like it's too long, you know. And that's just kind of my feeling about Bond movies in general. I feel like they're long. Mm-hmm. It's easy for me to get bored. Um, I think I know what that is. Um, I, I think that that points to Tyler. Your original thoughts on I think it was Casino Royale where you said you weren't just like a big fan of Bond going to so many places yes. and. This thing leads to this yeah. thing leads to yeah, this thing, yeah. like which we talked you, about a little bit too in the the '60s movies as well. Yeah. Um, finish your thought, but the. But yeah, just just the idea that because it's uh, spy thrillers are also kind of pseudo mysteries as yeah. well because your protagonist is trying to uncover what whatever the bad guy is trying to do. There's just a lot of stuff like it's it's a lot of times it comes off way more plot driven than character driven. Yep. So I think that's, sure. that's kind of where the problem lies for you. Yeah, quite possibly. Yeah. I, I think also, and this movie does not do this. So this is not my best thing, but something I liked about it. It doesn't have a weird, Oh, we're not done yet. Yeah. Scene. Yeah. When the movie's over, the movie's over. Yeah. Right. Most bond movies have a like, ah, we did it. All right. Clink. Oh no. Tattoos back. Not tattoo. What's his name? Hervé Villachay from men of the golden gun. Knickknack. Uh, Knickknack. His tattoo on um, Mystery Island. Sure. Fantasy, Fantasy Island. Fan- Fantasy Island. Thank you. Um, but anyway. But you know, the, the, so now we've got another 10 minute scene of like, oh, but I was done with this. Come yep. on. Yep. And this movie didn't do that. This movie's like, right. it's over. Here's it. We're done. But it, it's still, it's, I don't know. If that was my worst thing about the movie, then clearly it's not, sure. I don't have any real animosity towards it. And and how much of that also just comes from amount of interest. I don't feel like Endgame is too long and it's three hours long. So yeah, right. Um, I was kind of curious, just because you're such a huge Roger Moore fan, even if you're not the biggest fan of those movies. Yeah, got how the did, ankle did, tattoo and everything. How? Yeah. How did you feel about kind of Dalton's performance? And then, I, like, I think Tyler and I would both agree that this script and this tone matches up way more with his take on Bond than Little yeah. Daylights. I, I mean, as I said in our in our uh, group message. He is exponentially better in this movie. Mm-hmm. The the script actually like knows how to treat him, and it's so smart to not like Roger Moore was so quippy, and that's because he was so funny. And so there were a lot of very silly moments in those movies, and some of them were just like, "What are you doing, mm-hmm. movie? Movie? Mm-hmm. Why are you doing <laughs> a slide whistle? Really? <laughs> a, p- a pigeon with the head?" Which, granted, I love those things so much. <laughs> But there's this, really this movie does have a couple of moments that are verging on that, but not yeah. nearly is right. Extreme. But they never, they never go too silly. But but Roger Moore also had the comedic ability and the inherent charm to make those silly one-liners pop, so that right. you were either like that was funny or uh, dad joke. Yeah, ah, Roger. 
with this, I liked that the jokes didn't feel like jokes so much as they felt like moments of levity. Mm. Because dramas can have comedy in them and not be comedies. <laughs> Golden Globes. Um, but mm. like, you know, you watch a movie like Michael Clayton. Even like No Country for Old Men has funny lines yeah. in it. Yeah. And it's a very bleak movie. But like Tommy Lee Jones says some things in that movie that are very funny. <laughs> yeah, when Javier Bardem goes, call it. I was, I was <laughs> laughing my head off. No, you know what I mean though. Like, like, <laughs> I mean even There Will Be Blood. Yeah. There, there's, and it's not that the movie – because there's a difference between – inconsistent tones in movies and movies going like hey we're a comedy but now let's actually put some some pathos mm-hmm. in this let's put some right. emotion in this to help the storytelling and a drama going so we're a drama but like let's give the audience some breathing room yes. like let's throw a jo-. you know it, yeah. it, and a joke doesn't mean a pie in the face just right. a little like oh, okay that's good and bond has a one i think he maybe only has one or two like not quite puns but little someone dies and he's like Oh, he ran into a dead end. Mm. But that was kind of the throwaway thing that I thought Dalton handled pretty well. And and this also let him, like, smile a lot, yes. <laughs> which was fun. Um, and that leads into my best thing, which is the opening uh, sequence of the movie. I yep. thought was delightful. Yes. Because it – so much of – you talked about movies like this can be plot-driven more than character-driven. I really got into the characters in that scene. Like, I really liked right. watching Dalton interact with Felix and – uh, uh, Frank McRae as Sharky. Now, was this the same Felix as the last movie? No, no this, one's this much is older. the same Felix okay. as Roger Moore's right. first film, Live and Let Die. This is maybe, connect the dots on that. This is maybe my favorite long-running dumb thing about this franchise <laughs> yes. is that Felix changes or turns yeah. into someone else. And this like is every movie. This is the last time we will see Felix until Jeffrey Wright in sure. Casino Royale. My man, um, sure. who has been Felix since right? He's yes. yes. Felix. Yes. 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 I mean, why would you need anyone else to do anything? Well, the oh, no, they recast is, him as uh, Jeffrey Simmons in Skyfall. <laughs> so, 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 hear me out here. So, Felix is this actor. The last time he was he was in the series was Live and Let Die, which does not include the scene from the book where the bad guys feed him to sharks and he loses his legs. But then they do that here. <laughs> That's a thing that happens in the Live and Let Die novel. I mean, when you have sharks, you make Sharkinade. <laughs> I also I would just Shark like to say for the record, bat spray, Britain. I just said Jeffrey Simmons. I meant to say J.K. Simmons. <laughs> I was, I, the J because he said Jeffrey. Jeffrey right, and that's. I got you. I got you. Jeffrey Dean Morgan could also do it. He'd be like a sure. really like a really nasty, but like kind of sexy nasty Felix, <laughs> who's just like who like James Bond would roll up, and he'd be like, "Oh, Jimmy," and you're like, "He's gonna destroy someone, but it's kind of <laughs> hot, right? <laughs> Am I right, guys?" Um, Jeffrey D. Morgan's awesome. That's true. Uh, but no, the the point is, I I found that whole sequence to be. I thought the action was a lot of fun. We talked about uh, in our group message. We talked about how Nolan. We wondered if Christopher Nolan ever cited this movie as an influence because this movie has a lot of like yes very Nolan esque qualities, which I mean as a as a positive. And you know that whole plane sequence is fun to watch mm-hmm. and neatly shot. And I like the thing is, no, we're just gonna like grab a hold of the air, of their airplane with our airplane mm-hmm. or our helicopter mm-hmm. and just kind of dangle it from. Yeah, it. I mean, that was fun. It's, it's exactly what happens in Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. the opening of that where, where they 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 grab the plane with a with a bigger. I think in that it's a bigger plane, and in this it's it's a bigger helicopter. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure. sure. Like, all of that was fun, and I really loved. There's a couple of really funny shots. One is. When they, it's all first happening, they first realize something's going down, and Frank McRae, who's a black actor, and there's two other DA agents who are who are black actors, and I was like, "Oh, James Bond, 
How are you going to handle it? <laughs> Frank, Frank McRae ends up dying, but like otherwise, these are all characters with like lines and dignity. Again, yeah. on the Bond spectrum and kind of the Hollywood spectrum, this is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, they're talking, and Felix is like, no, James, you stay here. You, we can't. Like, this isn't your jurisdiction, or you'll get hurt, or whatever. And there's a shot of them, like, running away from the helicopter, and in the background, kind of blurry, you just see Bond, like, sitting in the helicopter, like, with his hands in his lap, like, oh, I want to play. <laughs> and he just he looks like such a, he's like, okay, whatever. And there's another one where I think they're talking to, maybe it's the bride and her dad. It's someone and, and <laughs> the bride's dad. And look, Vampire Weekend cautioned me to, uh, Watch my mouth when talking about the father of the bride. But True. this old man is so pouty. <laughs> he literally yeah. is sitting in the back of a limousine with his arms crossed and his face is just like no. He looks like they told him that if he doesn't shape up, they're not going to Chuck E. Cheese after the wedding. Like he's so – he's just like a little sour boy and it's so funny. Yeah, um, I think Sharky's oh, telling them like, "Oh, circle around one more it time." It was like, Sharky who's in it, and, yeah. And then the 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 the, uh, the father is just like, "I told you, you should have never done this." <laughs> I don't know why, but you've just put the idea of George Lucas going to Chuck E. Cheese in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> or, I just think they have really good pizza. Um, they actually do. Kids, I kids also, love it. I also know, like they... the the Pod Racer arcade game. Uh-huh, it's pretty uh-huh. fun. No, I, I t- know who came up with that idea. No, sir, you you need to have. That's uh, a pretty good game. So you need to come in with a child. You can okay. Well, give me one second. So that's a twenty-seven-year-old man. No, this is Jake Lloyd. He's a child. He's, <laughs> wait, what? He's he's clearly an adult. When did that happen? Oh, I have not been paying attention. All right, let me go get hated Christian. Okay. No, 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 George. Oh boy, huh, beans. He just comes out with a baby Yoda puppet. Like, huh? <laughs> You know, it's, it's Jake Lloyd dressed up as Baby Yoda. <laughs> Current Jake Lloyd. And then he's like, he's doing like the Wave Rider game. Like, and he turns to some other kid and he's like, Churdy Dopot, Slamo. <laughs> Chesco, Jeremy. <laughs> he's just like... That is the greatest Mitchell image of all time. Anyway. I promise we like this movie, guys. Let's he's see. sitting in front row at the like during the animatronic show, just like oh, they put my name in the song. <laughs> Have a pizza tastic birthday, George. From <laughs> Steven. <laughs> and Spielberg sits standing in the back, like he earned this. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> all this to say, all this to say, mm-hmm. um, that's why his sleeves are always rolled up because you never know when he's going to go. There's a ball pit going to show up and he's got to <laughs> dive in there. Um, anyway, no, but uh, the opening of this movie I found very fun as, as, as like an action movie opening. But I also felt it was a really good way to introduce Bond's relationship with Felix. And what is Felix's wife's name? Bella. Della. No, it's Della. 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 Yes. Um, <clears throat> to introduce his relationship with them. And aside from her being way too flirty with him, I re- that's all just really charming and fun. Mm-hmm. Like, they're all just being buds. And I, I thought it was I, – I like the visual gag of when they parachute into the wedding. They walk in and you see bridesmaids, like, picking up their parachutes, yeah, yeah. like the like the train wedding dress train, right. which I thought was really cute. Like, And, and it made me go, oh, Dalton's going to be good in this movie. They understand what they're doing. Dalton's like reading is very charismatic yes. and fun and charming yes. and likable, which is what there's also I want there's some good like shots like there yeah I, I think I forget exactly what it is but I think it's like when they're taking down the plane 
maybe one of them like looks out the window of the helicopter maybe somebody in the plane looks out the window sure and they look down and they see the wedding and we like transition down to the wedding for a second and we like heat like yeah they talk yeah. for a second it's like okay that, and then you, you realize like okay we've got like the whole thing's sort of we've now got these two set pieces like that's a cool yeah for sure way to combine these two things and like give you some some good uh Ge- I guess geography of the, right. the action. Well, uh, and I liked how they didn't. It didn't suddenly end with them like crashing into the wedding. Mm-hmm. Like it all took place above the wedding, so mm-hmm. it wasn't like. And now we've got to have scenes of all the wedding guests scattering, and yeah. someone's like trying to grab the piece of the cake yeah. before the bad guys get. You know, it didn't get too much yeah. like that. It was. I, I thought it was like a really and, fun opening, and it's a good uh, also introduction of like Sanchez's men and like the overall. And uh, Everett McGill, is that right? Yeah, Everett McGill. Um, who I want to I want to talk about because I like him a lot. Um, yeah, he's uh, we introduce him. We kind of introduce all these key players, and it feels like it's just a one off. Oh, they just like they they've got this guy that they want to go get after, and so they're going to go get him real quick. Try and try and get it in. Um, and we we actually get a good sense of of who everyone is at this this moment. Yeah. And then it seems like it's going to be a one-off action scene like they usually do at the beginning of these movies. But then we actually go right into the wedding and then we continue mm-hmm. on through the wedding. And, and we, we have back yeah. and forth between the wedding and then also Sanchez getting out. And like all of this stuff is continuing on. Which was another thing. Um, Sanchez going uh, – getting bailed by uh, whenever McGill uh, knocks the driver of the van out. And they, they go into the river and then they uh, use scuba suits to get out of the, the bottom of the river. Um, that's another thing that I don't know if the first time was, or not the first time. I don't know if the other thing I'm thinking of is Mission Impossible six. Yeah. Um, but I feel like there's probably a time before that, that I've seen that I can't think of somewhere in between this. They also do that inception. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. 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 Yeah, See, no, there you go. Like, I mean, (laughs) no Um, I was thinking specifically of the, getting the villain out, but yeah, you're totally right too. Um, and so All right, Nolan. All right, we get it. Your secret favorite <laughs> Bond movie is License to Kill. I know you never want to admit it to everyone, but okay. Um, I'm just going to point out that there's some crazy semi-truck physics there uh, are. at the beginning of this movie. There's some real if, truck if play in this movie. If at one point Bond skied in this movie, then we could 100% confirm yes. it. Unfortunately, yes. we can't. I'm just saying he does flip a semi-truck in Dark Knight. That's and this one he does a wheelie with and a this semi-truck. this one he does a wheelie on the... Which is pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think Nolan is very into truck play. <laughs> but not plane play. So anyway, it's a good opening scene. It is a really good opening scene. He is also, into plane play, though. If the movie... Yeah, just not, don't, don't only watch movies on planes. It was where I was going with that, I guess. Oh, okay. Um, is, is that if this movie... Is, if they are taking a more serious tone, it's nice that we have a more lighthearted opening mm-hmm. to kind of juxtapose mm-hmm. the two. And again, I don't think it's... You know, that this movie isn't like... Something like what's a really gritty? Um, I'm thinking of like three hundred, like 300, 300, you know, just like a really Guardians gritty. Cool. Like a, <laughs> I love that he made that. I still need to see it. <laughs> just right. Over, I really do need to see it at some point. <laughs> That'll be our, our like Valentine's special. I don't know. We'll find a way. As listeners, but now know by this point, I'm gonna go ahead. And we can ve- much like Shia LaBeouf saying in the Even Stevens musical episode, we always find a way. I'm gonna go ahead and veto that because if we did that for Valentine's Day, we would somehow end up reviewing like I, I don't know, like Juno for like Fourth of July, or like that. That was what would happen over that four month stretch. <laughs> it would just be like yeah. 
<laughs> it would not. <laughs> yeah, we would not true. recover. That's true. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll find a way though. We got a lot of cooking behind there the scenes. Is there a national owl day? <laughs> there probably is. There's like national talk like a pirate day, which makes me angry for no reason. Sure. And there's like you know national spaghetti month. Like I don't know, Alex. What's the deal with all these monthly observances? You're always posting um, on Facebook about them. So tell me what tell me what the deal is. Everybody and everybody, everything's they gotta have a day or or a month. I don't know, Alex. Have you done your best and worst thing? No, I haven't. <laughs> It's fine. What's your best and worst thing? Is it George Lucas calling Chuck E. Cheese tokens credits? <laughs> like fourteen hundred galactic credits, please. Hey, can I get one of those uh, death sticks? They're garlic knots. But what if they were death sticks? Okay, George. This pizza's <laughs> shaped like a circle. Uh, it looks like the first Death Star. Let's see, I ate a couple slices, <laughs> no, so now it looks like the second Death Star. trying to do Jedi mind tricks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the guy refuses to give him the prize. You want to go home and rethink your life? <laughs> you <don't want. laughs> I would like to see the baby Yoda now. <laughs> Give me the stuffed baby Yoda. <laughs> For the ski ball, he just keeps like pointing his hand at it and just like sweating very much. No, no, no. George Lucas, you just know that man is a, a god at ski ball. You just know he just like, he's, he's doing he's yeah. doing like bowling moves. Like he's he's where you know you you uh you do like the spin at the end, real yeah, professional yeah, bowlers. Yeah, yeah. Like they got all the momentum and so they right. like throw it and then they'll like twist their feet. Like he's he's like whoo, and it's just straight yeah. in the hundreds every time. He's not even looking as they come down yeah. the little <laughs> shoot, he's like, one more, one more, one more. Fruit roll up me and his person's got like it's, give it's him a like fruit a, roll up. It's like a that's an elf. Spielberg's job. It's like an elf when the kid's handing in the snowballs. Yeah, he's, he's got Steven, Steven's Steven Spielberg's just here you go. He's just loading them up. I love this fiction we've created where <laughs> Steven Spielberg is George Lucas's like sidekick. Well, yeah, well, that's the dynamic of that relationship. Accurate. Goodness and every gracious. every time George he 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 throws a ball, he goes, "It's gonna be good." Or it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. Steven Spielberg's in the back. It's gonna be great. Gonna be great. Gonna be great. Spielberg hands puts one in his hand. It's gonna be great. Just gonna just be with great. The, with the 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 continuous stream of skee ball award sounds. Just playing this and Lucas like they're watching the animatronic show, and he's like, "I'm Chucky and the cowboy dog. You're the purple guy." And Spielberg's like, "Well, who's who's the bird lady?" And he's like. Kathleen, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's weird that you keep nodding, like not answering her in our group message. It's kind of a weird. I don't know why you won't. So you guys going to Chuck E. Cheese today? Uh, I'd be happy to drive. Uh, you know, full tank of gas if you guys want to go. Ah, uh, whatever. She'd ruin it. <laughs> so, Alex, what are your yeah, best so and worst on. things about License to Kill? Thirty-six minutes in, or whatever. I think my best thing is going to be both the villains and the general world building associated with the villains. Hmm. Um, this I I have not noticed this since really Goldfinger, mm-hmm. where they're actively trying to make the world that the villains exist in very very interesting and yes. actually trying to explain the mechanics and the inner workings of it. Um, Robert Davi is one of my favorite Bond villains. He's easily. quite good. He's quite um, good. He's charismatic and threatening, and like when he pulls out a machete and he's just swinging at Bond at the end, it's actually kind of mm-hmm. terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, I like how it's one of those things where he he keeps his cool, but then occasionally he just kind of blows up and does something like really violent. Yeah. Um, and they also give him like 
not necessarily like morality or anything, but he has like a code where he's just like, it's all about loyalty to me. If you're loyal to me, then then we're good. And that's how he's kind of built up his followers, and he's got like this small army because of that. And I, I like how Bond is able to – he takes that and kind of – he messes with it. He manipulates it, and that's how Bond is able to win the, win the day. Um, also, Benicio Del Toro is just delightful in this. The line that I was referring to is when they – um. Uh, when he's talking to Felix before Felix gets eaten by the shark, and he goes, "Oh, don't worry, we gave her a nice honeymoon." Yeah, <laughs> and it's just That's what so is that weird. even? What? <laughs> it's just it's just Benicio being weird, and I'm here for it. Yeah, that is such a weird rating. Um. Also, Anthony Zerby is yeah. Like I wouldn't say he's amazing, but I think he's actually kind of memorable, and I don't know how much of that is just because of his death. Um, this movie is very surprisingly violent, and I yeah. think it, it it was one of those things where that was one of the reasons it was controversial at the time was because it was so violent, mm. and people like parents would complain about like I can't take my kid to be a bon- to see a Bond movie now like what's <laughs> wrong with that? And then <laughs> there was an interview with Timothy Dalton later on. Um, I think it was for whatever the last like big Bond documentary they did was, and he's like. He he'd be like, oh, parents were complaining about not being able to take their kids to see a Bond movie. Well, it wasn't made for kids in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, like My I'm Little like, Pony, right, Alex? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Correct. It's the most okay. violent well, R-rated sure. thing you've ever seen. Yeah. You're on the record. My Little Pony, not for little girls, says Alex. Correct. <laughs> um, I also also like his it. favorite show. Yep, yep. Who's which? Who's your favorite pony again? Uh, Make up a name right now. George the Lucas. one that has hair, <laughs> Alex. I wanted to hear what what you thought of My Little Pony's name was. Skimbleshanks. I was going <laughs> to say like, Pony. Little, little, like, like Spooky Sparkles? I don't know. Spooky Sparkles. Okay, that's also very good. <laughs> spooky Sparkles is very powerful. It's quite good. Skimbleshanks, the railway horse. <laughs> the horse of the... What if it was about horses? <laughs> I don't know what's happening right now. So anyway. <sighs> um, I also like Wayne Newton. Um, yeah, that's wild to me. It's, that it's very bizarre, but I like – they have like this televangelist who's actually like making drug deals and stuff. Yeah, like, which I thought was actually like, kind, of, kind of clever the way they would work that out. Yeah. yeah. I, I did think it was funny. At first I was like, oh, it's like they got this fun cameo. They got Wayne Newton to come in here and do the do the thing. And then I went, oh, he's a character in yep. the movie. Yep. Right. Yep. All right, Mr. Entertainment. Let's see what you got. <laughs> Why aren't you singing the Bond song in this one? And then or Robert I, I also like, I also like the accountant guy, uh, Truman Lodge, who runs kind mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. Uh, oh, sure. the the drug organization. Um, mostly, I think I saw a lot of myself in him. Mostly, like when he's <laughs> panicking and freaking out at the end, he's like, "You're gonna lose all this." Pretty stuff. cool guy. <laughs> Do you realize I how see much a lot of this myself is worth? In, uh, Travis Bickle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hold on. Yep. Skype Skype cut out for a second. Are we good? I think so, yes. We're good on this end. Okay. Okay, yeah, I'm good. Um, but you see anyways. a lot of yourself in the the uh, anxious banker man. Correct. Banker man. <laughs> starring Ron Burke. That guy. <laughs> oh, that is um, anyway. What would be your worst thing about the film? Well, that, I, that, that was going to kind of dovetail into my, my other oh, okay. kind I'm of sorry. best thing about the movie, which is just kind of the world building associated with the villains. Like, there's just so many clever ideas. Like, the televangelist part in terms yeah. of how yeah. they they sell to different um, 
drug dealers in, in America, and then the whole thing of um, we we put the cocaine in gasoline and are able to distill it later. Yeah, yeah. probably not even remotely realistic, but it's a very it's, interesting, yeah. fun idea. Hmm, strange uh, plot point centered around messing with liquid, huh? <laughs> uh, something that probably isn't scientifically accurate. Well, I'd, I've never seen such. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about. We're gonna we're gonna move on with our lives. Um, it's about thirteen so, going on thirty. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it seemed like they were taking an active or making an, an active attempt to to kind of fill the world out, sure, and make it not feel just like oh, bad guy wants to do an evil thing, you know. And it was yeah, because it didn't. Yeah, it wasn't like I'm gonna destroy the Earth to get all of its clouds, right? <laughs> it was like. <laughs> And I'll use them to make my own sun. Huh? <laughs> what? Are you a Spyro the Dragon bad guy? What are you doing? But I. Uh, but also, I, like you said, I, I, I like that it's... I don't know. It, it, it feels more... Not like it could happen in the real world, but it's like... I mean, kind of, yeah. Yeah, and it's... it's Ma- making it feel more grounded goes yeah, a long way. It's a more way. natural extrapolation, I guess, is, yeah. is, is what I mean. And um, I... And this... This is one of those those cases where they they are trying to ape off of whatever trends are going on at the time, like Miami Vice. And um, cocaine was huge war. at that. Sure. Yeah. 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 Like all all that stuff was kind of big at the time, and I feel like probably some people were holding that against this movie in terms of it trying to be trendy again. Yeah. Mm. But like in terms of holding up over time, I think mm-hmm. that, yeah, actually yeah, that actually works to its very well executed. Yeah, for sure. Uh, do your worst thing because I, I want to talk about Robert Dobby. Sure. Um. I did want to say the female characters and how they're handled because I, I think yeah. most of that is pretty bad. I like the the characters as ideas more than anything mm-hmm. else. Um, I also think just the acting of both actresses, particularly the one that plays Lupe, they're just not very good. Hmm. Yeah, they're, they're both a little tricky. See, well, I... basically her line when she's like, "I love James so much," yeah. I'm like, "Can yeah. we can we get another take of that?" And I felt like I was having that reaction to a lot of the dialogue. Yeah. Lu- Lupe, I agree with. Um, I it, think is Pam it... Bouvier is fine. Carrie, L- Carrie Lowell. Lowell? Yeah. yeah. Um, she had. I, I kind of. There was some stuff where I was like, "Oh, she's kind of stilted." But then later on, there's a couple of bits where, she, like, she's putting on a different like personality, like she's trying to be like his secretary or something. Right. Yeah. And right. she's. I think she's really good in those. Yeah, bits. Like, I think there. there's a couple of bits where. Yeah. Where she works really well. I would say she probably gets better throughout the movie. Yeah. I do like the bit where where um, Bond like forces her to go get a drink, mm. and she's like shaken, not stirred, and she's doing like the hand motions. Yes. Yeah. yeah. She also seemed to be more like more alive in terms of just a more vibrant personality than we generally get from Bond women yeah. who are usually right. there to be pretty. And, you know, yeah. it's kind of the thing. Well, it, once again, it is nice when we get a Bond girl that's just not willing to put up with his crap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just like, are you kidding me right now with this? Like, the, 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 the promise of Holly Goodhead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I kind of don't know what I feel like the best performance from a Bond woman I've seen so far. I liked Mar- Mariam Diabo in the last one. I liked the woman who played Holly Goodhead. Um... Yeah, I mean, I just I don't mm-hmm. remember as, mm-hmm. as I don't remember a lot of these movies. Right. This pen movie it feels more like where, where we talk about every time that there is an interview with a with an actress playing a Bond woman, and it's like, oh, she's kind of different from all the other Bond girls. She's a little more headstrong, or whatever. And it's kind of like that's that's really what they uh, play off of is that they they do this every time so that you think that it's going to be progressing the right. <laughs> state of things. 
Um, when in actuality, they just do the same thing to every every single Bond girl, basically. And this one, I think, is the most, to me so far, that has been like outside of the mold. Sure. Um, because she's right. also, and this is the other thing, too, is that she's also not with him for the whole movie. So that's he gets true. to be, do his own thing, and she also gets to do her own thing, and they can kind of... No, like, that's that's why I really appreciate that that ending climax where, where she is really like off on her own. Like She's, yep. she's going to, to manipulate Wayne Newton so that she can access the, yes. the, the facility and all that stuff. I really like that. And um, again, there she's at, she's pretending to be someone from uh, like a church in North Dakota or something like that. Right. And and she's like, oh, well, she's we being brought... a spy. And she's doing a good job, I think, and with with her performance as well. Like, yeah, shifting to that. Um, uh, I think my worst thing is going to be the final final scene of the movie. Sure. Because I think a lot of my smaller problems with the movie kind of converge into that scene. Um. Obviously, we have the the female leads, and, and we do kind of address that and get that taken care of, and he does ultimately choose one of the women. And I, I don't know how I feel about Bond just going, oh, you and El Presidente, you'll be good together. And then he yeah. just jumps. I don't know. That was kind of weird. The shot of him falling into the pool, like, in the background is very funny. <laughs> yeah. Um. Q's reaction to all of this is great. And now, Q, Q is wonderful in this Did movie. anyone else – I shipped Q and Bovier. Because <laughs> there's a point where like they're walking on a pier and he's like, come on, my darling. And he put his arm around her and I was like, so you're available then, pal. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't have put those pieces together before you said it, but now that you have – I thought – there were a couple times where I was like, are they going to – Yeah, oh, okay. right. And there's another moment that I just thought was funny where like they're waiting for Bond to get back. And he's wearing these like ridiculous like thing on his eyes, like they look like they're like those things that jewelers wear. But they just right. this is crazy. He's like looking around, like what are you talking about? Yeah. Right. No, not now. No. It was I do funny. have to ask the question of why Q, based on the past movies that we have, would feel the need to show up here to help Bond because I've never felt like Q has that high of an opinion of Bond where he would be man. willing to. S- Stick his career on the line. For him? He's become a different man and is trying to repent for his sins ever since he killed that man with the couch. So yeah, really. All right, fair enough. All right, you, got, you got me with the cannon. How can the I last argue? Last episode, viewer, you gotta go. <laughs> you gotta go back and listen to uh-huh. it. Anyway, the haunted man. Um, but I think I, I kind of have two big problems with the, this scene. Number one, I feel like Bond either needs to like not become an agent again at the end like we need m to show up and we need some resolution to the fact that bond did quit the agency yeah and we don't really get that at all um maybe and we do in, maybe get the in phone this... call we get the phone call with felix which i think is kind of terrible and kind of just throws that entire plot like and eh, just sweep it under the rug it's done we're over movie's over instead of like really giving us a powerful cathartic ending where sure. where bond did you know, he got vengeance for his friend. Yeah. Like, the fact that Felix is just sitting there and he's super happy and cheery and I'm like, your your wife your wife died, like, three days ago. Well, they'd only been married a little while, so that's fine. Right. Um, Lordy. So all of that I thought was super weak and, and yeah. just, like, a weird way to end things because I thought the movie was being actually very thoughtful about all that stuff leading up to it. Um... But then also the the uh, the the fish at the very end, like the final shot of the movie where the fish winks. 
That was great. I think. <laughs> in this movie, that is not the shot you end the movie on. I kind of loved it. You know what kind of fish that was? A koi. <laughs> I think it was. <laughs> then how was it not going to wink? You know. I'll put it to you this way. I almost feel like the movie could have just ended when uh, Bond burns Sanchez Probably. alive. Like, if it uh. had ended in the desert like that, I yep. think I would have been yeah. happy with that. Yep. I don't Ta- know. Talking of the desert, we talk- there's a lot of great action sequences out there, a lot of great explosions. I got really stressed at one point when they did a big explosion in the desert. I was like, I hope they did that in a way that was like not damaging to that ecosystem. <laughs> like, right. I just got like twenty nine or twenty twenty. Britain just got like very nervous. Like, yeah. this is we. Sh- um, I mean, a soundstage. Maybe. Oh boy. Oh, what are we doing? There were some intense explosions in that whole semi truck, and I was just like, <laughs> I mean, the Earth is dying. I don't know if we should be doing this, guys. <laughs> I just got very nervous. Yeah. Um, that said, the explosions are, as far as movies go, quite impressive. Yes. Like, there's uh, a pickup truck that drives through the fire and all the wheels are caught lit. That's awesome. Yes. yes. I don't and think I, there's a single action sequence in this that I was disappointed that's by. That's exactly what I was going to say. And that, I think, speaks to a larger thing of... Um, Britain, you had mentioned that this is too long, which I think is probably true. But I think all... M- 95% of Bond movies yes. are probably too long. Exactly. And that's what the entire time I was kind of thinking, like, like I, I watched this movie and I was like, all right, enjoying the opening scene. Cool. And I was like, okay, I'm still into this. Like, I'm, you know, we're moving. And, and the entire time I kept waiting for it to get to a point where I was like, okay, now I've checked out. Like, now, now I'm, I'm done here. Like, this is boring. Right. Um, and it never did. <laughs> like the ent- yeah. I was just waiting. I was like, at some point this is going to like go off the rails and I'm going to, I'm going to, but I think the fact that, Bond, and it, this goes back as well to why him being rogue actually works. The fact that Bond is like, I have my one goal, this is what I want to do, and I'm going to kill this guy, and that's my, like, I, I've got to do it. And the entire movie, we know that that is what he wants to do, and every action he's taking is trying to get him closer to that goal, as opposed to so many other Bond movies where it's like, oh, now he's running off to, like, just get involved in some random thing and maybe he'll stumble upon more of the plot. <laughs> and they, they streamline it a lot in this one. This one is very much everything he's doing. Which allows them the opportunity to add in those little details. Exactly. Like, like how they transport the cocaine and some of the more the world building stuff. Yes. And and yeah, and I think that all the action set pieces are pretty neat. I mean like having a bunch of semi-trucks with gasoline mm. – Mm-hmm. Being driven around and like having that be the final in the middle of the desert, like, and that's the final. And thing. there's it's a great. plot reason as to why that's happening yes. instead of just we need something that'll blow up. Exactly. Um, and it's something that you don't really see coming when they introduce that as a plot element, and then you're like, oh, I, I see why you did that. That's right. smart. Um, and then the uh, the plane um, that he gets, or where, well, pretty much the entire thing, where a he goes underwater and it's an enjoyable action sequence. Uh, doesn't take yeah. very long. Someone right. cuts someone cuts his, his scuba suit uh, air tank with a knife, and so he has to get out of there, so he gets on a thing. He probably would have had, like, horrible uh, pressurization problems by getting immediately rocketed up to the surface like that. But either way, he gets away by grabbing on, and he does some, like, crazy water skiing, which doesn't really make any sense. But later in the movie, they actually bring attention to that, so you know what? Fine. Um, Is that where he, he shoots the plane with the spear gun, and he kind of gets pulled up? Yes. 
Okay. Yes. I, Britain. It's funny that you mentioned Sharky before this because yeah, I thought it was kind of a shame that they killed off Sharky. The yeah, way they I, did. I enjoyed it. But him, I yeah. love that Bond immediately goes to the guy who killed him and is like compliments of Sharky and shoots yes. him in the chest. Yeah, and that also, was great. And also, that's it's great because he shoots him and then immediately dives in. It's like, all right, Bond, what are you doing here? He dives right. in immediately after him to steal his diving right. equipment, and that's really neat. That's cool. That's a, as opposed like, to. Like, like, he shoots him, and then it's very clear that Bond didn't think beyond yes. that or anything. Yeah. 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 Um, and then from there, he, he escapes onto the plane, and, like, there's a cool sequence where uh, he he's throwing the guys out. There's some great effects of him throwing the guys into the water from, mm-hmm. from high up in the plane. And also, like, all the money's flowing everywhere, and he's kind of laughing and just – he's like, oh, you know. And it also got- explains how when Bond goes rogue, he's able to access – like, he's able to still get nice yes. clothing. He's still able to a- access what he needs as opposed to, like, Quantum of Solace where MI6 literally freezes all of his yes. money, and yet he's still able to get, like, these right. really la- lavish – you know, not just transportation, but just like the clothes that he wears. Yeah, the and rest that's of that a, film. That's a really good sequence in general of just like the plane coming up out of the water. Like you get wide shots where you see it happening. Yeah, and it looks cool, and it's 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 like oh, it's a little bit like a Tom Cruise in is it Mission Impossible Five, where he he gets onto the side of the plane. Yes. Um. And and like, and once again. Much like Living Daylights, it looks like Dalton is doing all yes. of it. And if there is an, a stuntman doing it, they hide it very, very well. Yes. Um, it's cool. It's it's quite cool. Um, yeah. We talked about the opening sequence. I don't know if there's any other major action sequences. I do like the bit where um, they're at uh, Anthony Zerby's fake fish shop. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um and Bond is running around while, while the guy is shooting at him from like up up above, you know, on, on top of the second floor. And it's almost like a horror movie as Bond's just like trying to sneak up on this guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then he drops him into a vat of electric heels. Yep. Yeah. yep. <laughs> well, he, had, he he gets that one guy in like the bait drawer, yeah. and then yep. I maybe my favorite uh, one of these in the movie is when Robert Davi he's interrogating the guy. Maybe it's Anthony Zerby. Yeah. And he puts him in the, like, vacuum. The pressurizer. The, the pressurizer. Yeah. And he's like, it's not my money, it's not my money. And then it's, like, Big Trouble in Little China, and the guy's <laughs> face just blows up, and it pops, and it's all red, and they go to do it the money, and he says, and Robert Dobby says, launder it. Yes. Which is yep. very good. And that's what I want to, because, like, talking about the electric eels and stuff, I think this movie's tone works so much better, because we immediately establish that Bond is kind of psychotic. Like, Timothy Dalton's Bond is kind of, yeah. like... He's he's willing he's, to murder people. He just doesn't. He, um, he's cold, he's a cold sociopath. <laughs> yes. And is Bond rogue at that point? At which point? When he when he breaks into the warehouse. I believe so. Okay. Anyway. No um, no no. I. Maybe it's right after that. Okay. I know. I I believe it is right after that because the um the other um black CIA guy it then walks up to him. He's like, "I heard that stuff went down at that that fish place last night. Come come with me. You got to go talk to M." Right. Right. Okay. Anyway, um, but there's there's like he immediately he's he's killing people. He doesn't really have much remorse about it. He's just doing it. He's he's doing a lot of spy work. He's sneaking into places, things like that. Um, and then also, uh. There's a, like every single joke like that is something that's like kind of horrific, which yeah. is not necessarily out of place for the other Bond movies. But sure. these are all these are all played pretty straight. 
when he throws the guy the into the bait, doesn't he say bon appetit? He does. Mm-hmm. And then uh, <laughs> Everett McGill, um, who plays Ed something in this movie, and uh, Killifer? Killifer, yeah. Yeah. Um, which I, I remember because I was looking him up because Everett McGill in a few years will be another character named Ed in uh, Twin Peaks. Huh. Um, but he... Uh, who I, And I think he's quite good to this. He's the kind of traitor that... that uh, Helps Sanchez to get out because he's been paid off by the uh, by Sanchez's men, and right. then Bond throws a, a, a thing of money on him and says, "Oh, here, take it. You earned it." As he's standing over the well, shark specifically tank, specifically <laughs> the money he got yes. for rescuing yes, Sanchez, exactly. and, and what what actually got you know it, it ruined because, Felix's life exactly. And that's why. And so he's like very immediately again. He's he's just like, "Nope, no mercy. You did this. How dare right. you throwing you in?" And so he gets eaten by by sharks. Is like the Money flows, flows around or whatever, and then Sharky, I think, is like, "Well, what a what a waste of money," <laughs> or something like that. Um, he also burns Robert Davi alive, which is a really good like bring it back to the lighter, well, but also bring it back to the beginning of the movie. That's what I was gonna say is that he gets the lighter from um, Felix lighter and Della, and uh, it, it's like engraved with them, and then he yeah. goes to flip it on, and it's like very it shows it's like overly strong. I yeah, guess yeah, yeah. I don't like it. There's a big like. Explosion, and and that was the first point in the movie where I was like, "Oh, is this is this something?" Because he does it, and like they both are like, "Ah!" And yeah. then it cuts, right. and, and it's I was supposed like, to be like a sight gag. Well, I was like, "That was almost funny." Yeah, that was yeah. almost that was almost a good gag. What's <laughs> happening here? I don't. And then when they brought that back, I was like, "Oh, oh my!" Yeah. Oh, they they thought about it. <laughs> um, and that whole that whole sequence at the end is great, where where Bond's climbing on the gasoline tanks and like. Yeah, the, there's all the fire behind him and everything, and Robert Davi is slicing at the. He slices the the um, first. He slices the brake line um, accidentally, oh, yeah. which explains <laughs> why the guy can't just stop and. And, and so, well, because the, yeah. the, the the truck is stopped at that point, and then it starts to roll. Oh, that's right. That's and right. and then it's a, that's a really cool little sequence, and like he gets covered in gasoline, and it, like that's it, I, I think that that all works really well, and I also, love the little play of the the truck. Where um, Bond's in one truck, and I, I think he has to—I forget why it ends up going off the road—but um, he he jumps out of it at some point, um, or, or somehow escapes it. Maybe maybe he's trying to jump onto the the other truck, is what it is. And so they like Robert Davi's truck, and so they show Bond's truck that he was in rolling off, and then somewhere during the middle of him being on the semi truck with trying to get to Davi. He shoots like a stinger missile at him, and it mm-hmm. hits through hits a hole in the back of the plane that uh, Pam Bouvier is in, and so then she has to land the plane, and she gets out, and the semi truck rolls up that bomb was in, and so she gets in that to go pick him up, and like that's a really cool, like you thought about it. Right. <laughs> there's there's thought. There's you use there's the execution. elements of your set piece to your advantage. Yes. No, I totally agree, and I. This does feed into my Indiana Jones, James Bond thing of like whenever your protagonist is just getting like the crap kicked out of him, that mm-hmm. I, I automatically helps. Like Bond is just like bruised and beaten and bloodied yep. at the end. And I, I don't know that for some reason that always just psychologically works for me and makes it a lot more effective. I don't know. He also um, – we, yeah. we make use of Bond as a character and an identity – because like we've complained about that before about how he's just like oh yeah i'm james bond i'm a i'm a british agent 
hey, <laughs> and like right. the, that. A lot of the past Bond movies have done that. Or they just go for it, and and he's never actually doing any spy work. He's just running around, and they're like, "You're James Bond." Um, <clears throat> this one is very much he's trying to keep who he is exactly a secret. Like he does give his name away, but he doesn't actually say that he's an agent. Um, he's trying to sneak in as like a, a, a high roller casino gambler. Um, into Sanchez's an excellent gambling scene, yes. which I'm always a fan of. Um, and he's then Sanchez picks him up later, and and Bond explains that he's a British agent who left the force, and so and then so Sanchez, when they start doing research yes, on him, when they like find out the that he is, Sanchez up. is like, oh okay, like it, yeah. and so he trusts him instead of being like, why didn't you tell me? Um, and then Bond's able to use that to like get him to think that his men are going to betray him. Yeah, the, um, the movie does a very good job of very quickly making me buy that Sanchez trusts Bond. Yes. In a way that I feel like should be very problematic and I, I, yeah. I should not be a fan of, but they are, it, somehow it works. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say, too, the, uh, the, how he eventually gets found out is because Dario recognizes him. And so like that's a thing where it's like, oh, this is the one guy in his orga- organization who knows my face – Right. So I have to make sure that he doesn't see me, and then he ends up seeing him, and, and that's where everything goes uh, goes haywire in the uh, gasoline factory place. Right. Um, and it's just, yeah, it, I, they they actually like pay attention to the character instead of living in this weird spy fantasy world where he just sort of goes around and participates in action scenes. <laughs> right. Now, Britton, did you want to talk more about uh, uh, Robert Davi? Yeah, I mean, I just thought he did a really nice job. I mean, I, I feel like generally the villain performances are not the problems in these movies, but I feel like they still tend to stand out when they're genuinely good. And and I thought he was part. A lot of that comes from it, it was an interesting character, and it was it didn't run into this movie avoids a lot of the normal Bond pitfalls. But I just thought he did a he was, he was charismatic. He was interesting. Um, you he had know. an iguana with a diamond necklace. Yeah. A lady's best friend is an iguana. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, something like that, apparently. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> but yeah, I just thought he 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 was really fun and and he was also like genuinely intimidating and threatening yes. for a guy. He's he's a tall guy, but he's not a in this movie he's not particularly like muscular. It looked yeah. like I mean he what you know like Benicio del Toro is a always reads on screen to me as like a very big guy. Mm. I don't know how tall he is, but like on screen, he always seems to be this very tall, imposing guy. And Davi's taller than him, but Davi wasn't like you know this like muscle bound yep. dude. And and so so much of that was just in the way he carried himself and his line delivery and everything. I just thought he was, I don't know, he was he was a good presence, and he was someone who I liked the way they worked in the personal involvement with Bond in a way that didn't feel. Um, too like overplayed or trite or something, mm-hmm. which I'm given to understand is the case in more recent <laughs> editions of this sure. character. Uh, but yeah, I, I just I thought he did a did a good job, and he was in Die Hard. Is it a movie? There you go. He was also in Sicilian Vampire. <laughs> sure. I, it, okay, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe because you know, like the, the gag in Die Hard is like he's Agent Johnson, and then the other CIA. I think guy he's Big Johnson. Yeah. yeah. I believe the other Agent Johnson is the the black CIA guy that Bond is talking through to in the earlier part of the movie. Hmm. Can you check me on that? Let's um, see here. Something I did want to mention while you're, while you're looking that up. Yep. It is interesting because he is Italian. Die hard. I believe he's Italian Agents. and he's playing a Hispanic <clears throat> seemingly character. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> which is like not, a, not great. 
Yeah, um, like the, but is that the same thing? I will say uh, it does help his accent a lot. That clearly he he because like the, those languages have Spanish and Italian, I think, and, and kind of French. I believe those are all Romance languages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and so there is at least carryover in terms of he can sound right and he can do like the right vocal yeah. uh, cues and everything to make that actually work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's like a similar problem where they're like, oh, we have a Japanese character. We'll cast a Chinese actor. It's right. Like, it's not the same. Not not quite. Not yeah. the same dude. Um. Also, uh, but like you said, I, I, his accent is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, the actor his name is Grand L. Bush who played Little Johnson and he is in License to Kill as Hawkins. All right. There you go. He was also so, in Street Fighter as Balrog. What did you say the name was for Die Hard? Little Johnson. Okay, yeah. So, so, yeah, Special Agent Johnson. Yeah, okay. So, both Robert Davi and him are That's in this. Fun, yeah. Weird. Yeah. And they don't Strange. interact at all. I don't watch Die Robert Hard again. I haven't seen Die Hard in ages. No, they do. They do in the interrogation scene at in the beginning. Anyways. Um, Can I, I talk about my favorite uh, quip in this movie? <laughs> sure. Um,. I don't know if either of you either of you agree with this, but uh, when he gets taken to him, uh, it's kind of a cool set piece. He, he gets taken into Hemingway's house. Yes. And um, he gets taken up to him, and he's looking around, and there's like a guy. I, there, there's like four guys in the house, and there's like a guy up on the lighthouse uh, far away, which is like a nice setup. It's like, oh, he's, he's, in, a, he's in a real bind here if he wants to escape. Um, and they ask him to put away or to give over his weapons, and he says, oh, it looks like it's a farewell to arms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also like the bit where M freaks out on him when when Bond is like, "Well, I resign." He's like, "We're not a country club, 007. You can't just leave like that." <laughs> now this is uh, Robert Brown. That sounds right. His his last turn as M. Yes. Next time we will get Judy Dench. Judy Dench from Chronicles of Riddick. So gonna say from Cats. <laughs> I would mention her her the the role that we all know her from, which is from Chronicles of Riddick, <laughs> a movie I <laughs> haven't seen. Um, uh, Alex, who is now? How many M's have there been in, in the franchise? Robert, this guy. Uh, there's just one. Judy Dench. James Bond. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fair. And then, well, actually, I guess. So we got Doctor No. Well, I guess uh, Ray Fiennes, uh, Goldfinger. No, I don't. <laughs> much. If we're including Never Say Never Again, it's uh, at least five. Oh, okay, interesting. And there's only been two cues, right? I don't think there's any cues in the titles. <laughs> uh, um, no, there's actually kind of four. Quantum of Solace. Yeah, that's see? true. Ooh, what's the, what's the other ones? So well, that's because John Cleese kind of does it. Well, you know, John Cleese in the last Brosnan movie, as after Desmond Llewellyn passed, he does play Q. Okay, because he's R previously to that, right? Yes. So That's, he gets the, is that the short, next position. Is that short for T? Um, sure. That was for me. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> okay. And then – And the, Ben Wishaw has got it now. The first Bond movie, Dr. No, there is a character called Major Boothroyd, which is the Q character from the comics. Okay. Or not the comics. <laughs> Franchises on the brain. From from the novel um, that walks in, and that's supposed to be the Q character. And then in the yeah. next movie, they bring in Des- Desmond Llewellyn. I'm Alan Moore, and this is my James Bond comic. Here he's having sex with Popeye. Now... <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm given to understand that happens in Alan Moore comics. It's a deconstructionist word for it. I can't confirm, but I'm, <laughs> you're probably right. Can we talk about ninjas? Because there are ninjas There are briefly ninjas in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how I felt about that. I was excited to see uh, veteran actor Kerry Hiroyuki Tagawa in this film. Right. But there are ninjas, too. For those of you keeping track at home, No Time to Die, uh, I believe will will be the eighth in for a Bond title. Um, so. <laughs> I hate Put it up you on the so big board. <laughs> Until this, it's, it's uh, like Final Fantasy X-2-esque sequel, Mo Time to Die. <laughs> <laughs> Where well, like the, the sequel to No Time to Die A lot of time to die <laughs> Actually plenty of time to die You're good Doing You're good. good All the time in the world to die <laughs> And then it's Mo's Time to Die The Inevitable Simpsons episode Where where, sure. where Mo is an agent I don't know Yeah Um, with the name I'm saying I, I don't I don't like the fact that the, the ninjas are in the movie But at least like they're in it for like a scene Yeah Sure that and is then they whole... get violently murdered. Do, do like, we know that was nuts? Because I know it was a man with the golden gun where there's the random like kendo scene, and they were trying yes. to like yes. But ape. but at least I, I is Bond in where is he in Hong Kong? In that yeah, no, movie? no, he's somewhere where it's diegetic. But like they're also trying to ape right. like the Bruce Lee. Thing. He's like fighting in, like in a particular style, yeah. and like it, it doesn't right. make any sense. Do we know why there are ninjas in this movie? Was Cubby because, just like because there are Asian people in the movie and, and ninjas are Asian according or, to the people making Bond? <laughs> was it because Ninja Turtles was a thing? I, I was thinking either that or were just nin- ninja movies in general popular I at this point. I feel like we would have gotten more if it was like leaping yeah. off of anything. I think it. I feel like this very much could just be. Uh, yeah, ninjas. That'd be fun. Had 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 the three ninjas kicked back yet at this point? That's a good question. Was there a single dragon or double dragons? Is Keep that going. about is that about ninjas? Keep it going. Karate Kid is not about ninjas. Correct. I am ashamed at my lack <laughs> of ninja movie knowledge. I know what I'm doing when I go home. I mean, I think it would have been fine if we just had like a couple of Asian agents. Yeah. Doing a little kung fu or something, but not like full ninja. Yeah, yeah. Like one of them, like pulls like a net out of their sleeve, like a gadget <laughs> to trap Bond. And I'm like, this is just no. Th- this yeah, movie, totally this is not the right happened. movie for this. And I think that is the closest the movie comes to falling apart a little bit because then sure. at that point we introduce the plot lines of like, oh, there's there's a mole in um, the people that he's meeting with. Uh, which is I, I do like the scene where Sanchez is meeting with the uh, heads of like the the Asian um, right. drug cartels and they they are like actually having a conversation. It's not like here is my PowerPoint on how we're going to be evil. Right. <laughs> Instead, it's like and, oh, and hey. the mole the mole is actually trying to press him and be like, hey. Take us to your facility. Yep. I actually yep. want to see how this works and, before I give you any of my money. So yep. it helps to. It propels us to to the next plot point and why the climax even happens in the first place. Yeah, and they're they're laughing. They've got a party with with girls and booze in the next room, and like right. they're treating them like, oh, this is probably how rich rich drug cartel members would act <laughs> and, and want to be treated. Um, and I do like Bond uh, sneaking around and like putting the explosives under the window, and like that's. I like. love the Dentonite um, toothpaste. Yes, 
I think that's one of my favorite gadgets. It's a good one. <laughs> um, but I do think that at that point it gets a little hectic where it's like, okay, so there, the this guy was trying to sneak into, uh, like, make a deal with Sanchez because, uh, what is it? He, they, or I guess they've just been trying to get him for, for years or something yeah. like that. Um, you know, he said, like, I've been planning this operation for two years. Yeah, yeah. You better you better hope that this hasn't scared him off from having that meeting at his facility. Yeah. And then the, there's the military guy who uh, Bouvier was, was trying to set up a deal with to get stingers. Um, that was probably the only part where I was getting a little lost. Of like, where, wait, where did the stingers come I from? I think ultimately it all tracks uh, <laughs> yeah. in, in hindsight, but it is just kind of like, okay, so you're, you've introduced a few too, too many elements They, they throw a lot of plot in like 10, 15 yes. minutes. Yes, Bouvier was like a mole because she was an informant for Felix, and they were trying to set up a deal where she would get missiles, but then he got scared. The middle, military guy got scared off for reasons. Right. Um, and it's kind of, there's a lot of back and forth there, and then they kind of get back on track. And I feel like that's one of the places where, like I was saying with the end, we're, we're kind of dropping the ball and not really fully, like, yeah, bringing it full circle. Because, like, the idea is supposed to be Bond's actions have consequences, and he can't just go on this personal mission for mm-hmm. when it's all about him. There's there's a lot of externalities, and just lo- there's tons of consequences to what he does. Sure. Um, and it affects a lot of people, and we don't really... Like, that's a very interesting idea, and we don't really do anything with that, aside from now the plot's a little more complicated. Eh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like the movie, for me, like, the big key thing that keeps it from being, like, an all-time classic for me is, like, we need, like, a somber ending that can kind of tie a lot of these ideas together. Sure. sure. Alex, have we... Or y'all reviewed your favorite Bond movie yet? Yes. Which is that? Casino Royale. Oh, okay. The original. Yeah, yeah. The original one with Peter Sellers and, yeah, and, and tons of other David comedians. Niv- was David Niven is that one? Lost their minds. Is that David Niven? Y- y- amongst other people, yes. Okay. Yeah, that seems like it's up your alley. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't seen it. Sounds like it's <laughs> up my own. Um, oh, we should all watch it together. No, I've I've looked into it a bit. I don't want to watch it. <laughs> um, I just had a couple more points I wanted to bring up. Did y'all notice that Bond, like three or four times, he's telling Q and Pam, "All right, now it's time for you guys to leave." Hmm. Yeah, he he kept doing that over and over again, and I, I was like, "You can do that like once or twice," but after a while, like that's just like I feel like Bond wouldn't. He'd either be like, all right, you guys are on board to help me, or he'd send them away. Like, he keeps sure. being wishy-washy. I don't know. That was something that I noticed where, he, like, it happens multiple times. All right, no thoughts on that. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for the next one. Yeah. Moving on. Um, what did y'all think of the theme song? I, you know, it was okay, I guess. I feel like I, it was kind of forgettable because I don't really remember it. Who, who, who sang it? Gladys Knight? Yes. Oh, wow. And the Pips? No, Sans Pips? I think it was just Gladys Knight. Huh. That was, it was just attributed to Gladys Knight. Okay. Yeah, it was, you know, it was all right. I mean, I, I really liked the Living Daylight song. I think so. there, were, there was something about it that I liked because it was like, <clears throat> oh, what is, what is the main chorus line? Um, 
One singular sensation. I gotta look at the lyrics. Of that. I think she just says, "I got a license to kill." No, there, there's a lead into that uh, in some way. I believe. Hey there, Bill. I've got a license to kill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, think I think you're right. I'm just a Bill, and I'm. Hey, sitting... hey there, Everett McGill. <laughs> I've got a license. To I'm just a Bill. With a license to kill, and I'm sitting here. The, the, on there's a point in the chorus where she says, Trenchant. um, got a license <laughs> to kill anyone who tries to tear us apart. And it's a good, oh, wow, I like that. Like, it's if, very just like, I mean, like if you cry every time. <laughs> now, imagine if she had to somehow fit license revoked into that. <laughs> License revoked from anyone who tries to. <laughs> I want to take you out and make you mine, but my license got revoked. <laughs> so you need to pick me up before you go go. And then... I still kind of wish Wayne Newton had sung it. I almost said Wayne Knight, which I actually would have loved if Wayne Knight sang this song <laughs> or was in the movie. Oh God, please. Um, no, I thought you know. Honestly, I don't really remember it, but I, I eh. yeah. I'm I, always I I'm always interested. The... I'm always looking forward to listening to the songs because some of the songs have been really good. Yeah, this one. Was I, I I don't think it's bad by any yeah. means, but but yeah, I, I do agree. It is. I think the one memorable. the most memorable of these pre Craig ones for me has been Goldfinger, just because sure. that's the <laughs> one that I can still. That and Thunderball both, I can still kind of remember like what the action just just because it's just the belting, it's, right? It's good. What's your favorite and least favorite Bond song, Alex? My favorite is Casino Royale. Uh, you know my name by mm. Chris Brunel. Um, least favorite is hard to say. It's probably uh, Die Another Day by Madonna. Interesting, but I'm not sure about that. All when we when we watch that yeah, movie again, yeah. I'll have to. I was gonna say uh, I assumed it was gonna be Quantum of Solace because that would make sense as well if it's the best and worst Bond movie that you're referring <laughs> to. Right. There, so <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't hate Another Way to Die like everyone else does. It's not great, but I don't hate it. Sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. No, nothing. N- none of the Bond songs, I think, for the most part, are really bad. Yeah. Like most of them are either forgettable or hey, it's good. Sure, sure. I gotcha. Got you anything else on that there list? Alright, gentlemen. Are are we are we ready for grades? Sure. Live and let die is pretty good. Anyway. Mm. Tyler, what's your grade? I think I'm gonna go B plus. Right. I'm I'm matching my previous high for the non Craig Bond movies, um, which is the spy who loved me. So we've established it's also – I think you have like one A minus, which is Casino Royale, yep. and then you have like three B pluses. Yep. So this is tied for like top four <laughs> Bond movies. Wait, what's the other uh, B plus? Because Skyfall, Skyfall is one, but is it – is there another Sky, one? No, no. Skyfall, you gave a B plus. You, you changed your grade for yeah. that. So it's Skyfall, Spy. Okay. Spy Love Me is the other B plus, yeah. I'm on board with that. <laughs> Britton, how you feeling? Uh, C minus. Ooh. Yeah, you know. <laughs> okay. I, 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 I forget to think about my letter grade until we're in this segment. <laughs> wow. Um, I'm just thinking about best and worst and jokes and friends. That's true. Um, I think I'm just going to go flat B. Uh, I think overall this is probably in my top five favorite Bond films. Mm. Um, I'd really have to think about that. Yeah. But I – like I said – if the movie st- 
st- stuck the landing with 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 a more somber ending, um, and maybe made the the romance plots a little less problematic. Um, I think it would be an all time classic. Yeah, I feel pretty pretty comfortable with with those those four, the, yeah. the three B pluses I've given and Casino Royale. Um, those would definitely be my top four, and I I don't know that I would have a strong opinion on anything after that. Let me check what you gave Goldfinger. I think you just gave that a B. It was yeah. a B or B minus. So it was a B. a B. I would probably feel comfortable saying that's my my fifth, because um, there are things about that that I enjoyed. But it is quite. I, I do. I do kind of want to do a master list when we're done with. I with think Dying we should. I think we should. We should put them all together and be like, all right, what are we? What are we looking at here? Well, yeah. What, what are we dealing with? <laughs> What's this monstrosity? Like it's not we've, great. We've gone through the effort of reviewing all of these movies. We get some time to yes. line them up. Yes. <laughs> Line them up and tell them which one did it, officer. <laughs> that is funny that you like this one more than me. That's, that's I, I did quite enjoy it. I, this was one of the ones where it really just like struck me, and I was like, "Oh, this is this." I think this all works really well. Yeah. Like I said before we started recording, this is what I was hoping for. I was excited when it's yeah. like, "Oh, a Bond!" Like it, it, trust me, it gets more grounded. It tries to be a little <laughs> bit more serious, and it tries to fit with Dalton's sensibilities more. But I didn't want to hype this one up too much. Sure. Um. And this is kind of like the best case scenario I could have hoped for. The, the so. real question, I think, is going to be, do we get anywhere near as close with any of the next four? Um, I, I, I think GoldenEye has, in terms of like, I, I think it has a better balance in terms of like what every kind of Bond fan wants. Because uh-huh. I think it's a little more fun this, than this one. It's a little more bombastic. I'm going to give it a time. D, aren't I? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Um, but at the same time, like it's got really good villains, like Pierce Brosnan's great in it. It it, it has a really good Bond girl, mm-hmm. I think. Um, it's got like, Sean Bean, dude, and it's got Black Pierce Dad. Brosnan riding through Russia and Chronicles in, of Riddick <laughs> in a tank. See, can you say no? Sure. Um, and I am I am excited for the fact that we will finally be getting one that's not like two years after the previous one and that sure. they will have taken right. some time to think about this. So I, right. I, I do have some high hopes, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Goldeneye is very much a response of, Oh, Hey, we're coming back after a while. Let's try and make it a little special. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think Goldeneye, I was looking at the box office and Goldeneye jumps up quite a bit for that exact reason. I'm pretty sure is it would be my suspicion. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think, both that and like Batman Forever are like among the highest grossing films of the that year. And I'm They've assuming and I would assume Babe. Right. Sure. A movie that is great. Sure. I know no, I, I just remember thinking that was like super strange because they're both like in these weird transitional periods. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, year to year I'm never really surprised because you never know what kind what movies they're up against. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's hard to I mean, with Dark but I, Knight, I feel like it, it is probably one of, if not the highest of all of these pre, like everything up to this point, time timeline wise, like not including the Craig movies. If we're not taking inflation into account, yes. Well, I'm saying, oh yeah, yeah, that's true. A Thunderball, I believe, when we're taking inflation into account, is technically the highest grossing Bond movie. Well, I'm thinking specifically of worldwide, which you can't really do inflation for because oh, that's it's a true, nightmare. Because worldwide um, markets are very different. Yes. <laughs> but uh, you may be right. I may be crazy. I respect you. But I just might be the lunatic you're looking for. You can find us online at herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. <laughs> well, no, wait, wait, hang on. Before you do we'll, that. We'll get there. You can find us online on 
Twitter at HCG Sequels. Um, you can look, at, look us up on iTunes and Spotify, and you can email us at herecomethesequels at gmail.com, which leads us to... That's right, guys. We have our first letter from a listener. Uh, yeah, we got, uh, we got a letter. We just got a letter. That is copywritten. <laughs> we're going to die. <laughs> the guys are coming for us. Kill us. Um, so yeah, uh, we're gonna we're gonna it's read like this the letter. Bye bye, man. Don't think it. Don't say it. <laughs> here on the blue blue man group. <laughs> da ba dee da ba. Don't blue da ba dee da ba die. Anyway, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how I could do the the like, bow, 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 but, like <laughs> but like a dark gritty. Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so if you want to have a letter read on air in thus fashion, uh, you can, as Tyler said, reach out, reach us at any of those places, or the best way would probably be to email us at heretimethesequels.com. Now, this letter is titled, A Case for Gordon Bombay, parentheses, get it? I'm assuming Gordon Bombay is a reference to that, uh, Down Under song by Men at Work. All right, it reads, Tyler, Alex, and Britton. This email serves as a formal request for the Mighty Ducks franchise to be added to the Here Come the Sequels catalog. I promise I did not write this and then send this in. <laughs> this isn't from me. No, no, no. This, this, is, this is because, like, you've had to go through a lot of stuff, Alex, and so now you're getting this and you're getting us liking the Bond movie. Okay. Uh, the catalog. While I don't think they will be at all necessary, I have listed my reasons below for your consideration. Number one, Emilio Estevez, a.k.a. the second coming of Apocalypse Now era Martin Sheen. Number two, Hans. Number three, the yes. drastic transitions that take place from MD to MD2 and MD3. Yep. Parentheses, street hockey, Team USA, boarding school? Close parentheses. <laughs> if nothing else, they should provide plenty of talking points. And number four, quote, Greenland is covered with ice, and Iceland is very nice. Close quotes. I would also appreciate it if Venezia Britain makes a reappearance at some point in the near future, unless there is an Icelandic counterpart better suited for the job. Thank you for your time, and remember, ducks fly together. And that letter is from Catherine. Thank you, Catherine, for writing in. Um, guys, what do you think? Uh, I mean, does a pretty, pretty solid list of reasons there. You guys think we could do Mighty Ducks at some point here in the future? I'm just happy I understood <laughs> all of her references. <laughs> I think that'd be fun. Yeah, you know. Little confession, I've never seen those movies. Mighty Ducks is definitely the first franchise we would do if we did Guardians of Ghoul for Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying very powerful things. <laughs> it's just it's just a fact. I uh, um, I will do everything in my power to prevent this timeline. <laughs> but <laughs> I like the idea of doing the Mighty Ducks movies. I think that'd be a fun we haven't we haven't done any like All on Disney Plus? I would assume. Probably. I know the animated series, which is about a team of alien ducks who become superheroes and come to Earth. They are all on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. So I'm just saying that could be a fun – we haven't done sports movies on here before. Mm. So that could be – Except for all those Rocky movies. Eh, Well, that's true. That's That's the way of – It's a way of life. Yeah. Rocky. It's Um, a team sport. Mickey was yelling in his ear for most of the time. (laughs) And also, who doesn't love Apocalypse Now era Martin Sheen or any era Martin Sheen? Mm. Um, (laughs) so yeah, well, thank you, Catherine, for writing in and, uh, look ahead. You just may see, uh, Mighty Ducks coming up on your, on your podcast feeds. Is is that, is that my light at the end of the tunnel we get through Fast and Furious? I I think maybe we can make that. That might be a nice little, little treat for you at the end. Like, oh, Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, wait, Mighty Ducks is after that. (laughs) I've heard that's pretty awesome, though. 
Oh, we're going to do it in 4D, by which I mean I'm just going to shake your chair the whole time you're watching it. Did you, you see do that turns? anyway? <laughs> I mean, Dwayne Johnson, I think he like probably like lat pull downs at helicopter or something. Um, I think so. <laughs> and Alex, you are correct. Whenever we go to see a movie, I always like the seat behind you so I can just like jostle it the whole time. And you're like, Britain, I'm trying to watch Doolittle. <laughs> The trailer, because it's, okay. it's not out yet. See, it's okay. It's not weird because we're the only ones in the theater. Exactly. That's <laughs> probably going to be true if you go see Doolittle. We, we went to the, the 10.30 p.m. show of Doolittle. <laughs> On a Tuesday night. On a Tuesday. Got our, our big corn. Don't worry. We had our, we had our Doolittle t-shirts. It was, it was great. It was a magical time. Uh, well, here's hoping it does not Doolittle at the box office. Ooh. Now, uh, recommendation Unless real it's bad. Uh I have a – this is a fairly quick one because this is a, more, more to come on this movie in a future episode. But uh, Tyler and I went and saw Parasite the other day. Um, it's great. Go see it. There's not a whole lot that I can really say because it's, it's a movie that I think the less you know about it, the better. Uh, it's a South Korean film from the great Bong Joon-ho. Um, it's about greed and class and um, all the, the prejudices and uh, issues therein. But also – I would say not in a way you'd probably expect. No, no, at all. No, it's, <laughs> um, it's not. It, it is not a movie that you would expect at all or Mm-mm. predict at all as while watching it. But I do think um, if if you have somehow been spoiled on it, I still think you'll enjoy the oh, movie. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the performances are all really strong. Uh, Kang Ho Song, who's in previous Britain recommendation, The Good, The Bad, The Weird, is really good in this as like the patriarch of the, the of a of a poor family. Um, you've also just got I mean, really everyone in the movie is really good and. Uh, the music is great. It looks fantastic. It shot really well, um, and it is one of those movies that I mentioned the multiple twists. Um, it's a movie that make made me want to like. Okay, I got to rewatch this and look in the background of all these shots because what if what what breadcrumbs has he been leaving the whole time? Um, it's a it's a cool cool movie, and uh, you know I think it actually might serve as an interesting companion piece to Knives Out in some ways. So, you know, it's a very different movie from Knives Out, but, you know, in terms of what the movies have to say about class and everything, I think also it's... Also Joker, a little bit. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Well, I haven't lots seen of, Joker yet, but yeah, I believe that. but lots of uh, related um, movies. But yeah, so just want to, you know, Parasite's awesome. Go check it totally out. It's, it's in, I believe it's still in theaters in some places, but I also think that it is now available for home viewing for, like, DVD rentals or, like, Amazon, I think, is renting it now. So, yeah, you got your options. And it's a big, uh, big player at the Academy Awards if you're into that kind of thing. Um, there you go. Parasite. Sounds good. Yeah. So a thought here. Um, I think the, the one, the one, uh, one way I could be convinced to do, uh, Guardians of the Gahul, of the Gahul, uh, and then, and then the Mighty Ducks. I think, uh, the only way we could really pull that off is that if we do a bird-themed rest of the year, um, (gasps) so we could do... (laughs) You got your Birdman, you got your Peanut Butter Falcon, High Flying Bird, Bird Box. Eddie the Eagle. Eddie the Eagle, that's a good one. Good pull, good pull. <laughs> uh, the Crow. Um, There's more than one Crow movie. <laughs> there we go. Fly Away Home. Um, Black Swan. Zero, mm, mm, mm. Um, Zero Dark Thirty. <laughs> Zero Dark Thirty. <laughs> Zero Dark Birdie, I guess. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, we just start doing doing movies. We can make bird puns. Yeah, out it's, of it's about the plot to assassinate Osama Bird Laden. Like, 
see, you took my terrible joke and you made it something special. <laughs> I would say, I would say, you set me up for for a good one there, buddy. I'd say that was teamwork. <laughs> there are other bird movies. <laughs> Ladybird, Ladybird, exactly. It's right there. Angry oh, Birds. Uh, <laughs> Both Angry count, Birds movies. Do we count Chicken Run? Chicken oh, Run. Of course, you got to count Chicken Run. Um, Absolutely. Chicken Little. Yes. Yes. Which I remember being what, pretty cute. What's that? What's that bird movie from, from Disney where Ian McGregor's like a, a pigeon bird oh, in like World War Two? Uh, Valiant. Yes. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's a but the World War Two. I movie, can't say I have heard anything about this. They're all animated. It's like, but it's all like big name British actors like Bill Nye and I think Hugh yep. Laurie's in there. Yeah, and Ian McGregor is our valiant pigeon who wants to be a soldier. He has a little like one of those helmets with a net on it because that'll catch your head. Sure. I guess. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I think it, I think it'd be a good investment. I agree. I I think I think uh, you know. Hey, twenty twenty year of the birds. You year know, birds. we'll do the birds by Alfred Hitchcock. The birds, Shaggy Dog, <laughs> and the Shaggy Da. <laughs> are we doing all the Doolittle movies oh, too? Those, those surely do have little, birds yeah, in them. Yeah, there we go. There are there birds in them, yeah, because Eddie Murphy and Rex Harrison and Robert Downey Jr. What an interesting trio of people. What exactly is Doolittle? You mean, you mean like, like philosophically as, or yes, literally? I think so. The man who can <laughs> talk to animals. I was reading like an article about this, talking about how like it was it's a, it was a book in the forties, something like that, yeah. And then proceeded to be made into three separate movies, which were all varying degrees of like not very good. Yeah, and like what? Because the original was Rex Harrison, and it was just like a charming like Disney, not Disney, but like sure. style of like sixties. It's just one of, like... It won an Oscar for Best Original Song. They're Fascinating. There are some of these things that are, like, the nostalgia... So Spectre! Sure. The that nostalgia wheel, like, just yeah. continues to, like, somehow this comes back up, even sure. though it really, really, like, there's absolutely no reason for it to. Yeah, it doesn't have a lot of cultural capital, yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, and it's... It's know. like Peter Pan. Yes. Yes, very much so. Um, it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing. Anyway. We'll watch the uh, Falcon and Bucky TV show. Yeah. We'll watch that. Holes? <laughs> sure. Why not? Birds live in holes. Yeah. Woodpeckers. Uh, no, no, no. We can watch Holes, and then we can watch Hoot. Oh, excellent. Because they were both, I believe both books are by uh, somebody. Uh, no, Lewis Sacker wrote Holes. I think Carl he- Hiasson oh, or something okay. wrote the other one. Um. He did write Hoot, though. Yes. I know, Hoot. but I, I think there's another yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did we already say the Maltese Falcon? Oh, good pull. Maltese Falcon. Uh, follow that bird, the Sesame Street movie. Ladybird? We said Ladybird, yeah. Lady, oh, okay. Got that covered. That's I, knew, I, knew, I knew at some point one of us was going to say one that had already been mentioned. <laughs> I'll fall on that grenade. I, isn't there like a Centurion movie with Channing Tatum called The Eagle? Probably. Yes. Yeah, there yeah, is. yeah. You know what I I'm think, talking about. Is it Jamie Bell, I think, is in it too? I, yes, you're right. And Lady Hawk with Michelle Pfeiffer from the 80s. Ah, there we go. There we go. That'll, that's the sequel to Lady Bird. <laughs> she becomes Lady Hawk <laughs> and gains powers. <laughs> she, she went through a, a very eventful senior year, went, moved to New York, and gained powers and became a witch. I think is what happens in that movie. 
Happy Feet. Happy Feet and Happy Feet 2. Happy Feet 2. And March of the Penguins. And uh, Penguins of Madagascar? Was that a movie or a show? That was, a I know show. it was a show, but was it also a movie? I think there was is it? a movie of Penguins of Madagascar. Alex, you're a big uh, Madagascar head. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. Do you remember – how many times did you see the Penguins of Madagascar movie and was it in theaters or was it on TV? I like that I we know still I've draw the line between movies. TV movies for this. Yeah. I know I've seen one of those movies. I can't tell you which. I'm pretty sure it was in the theater. Well, because, I mean, you had to move it, move it, since you like to do that so much. Yeah, definitely. That was from those movies, right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about right so now. So anyway. Up has Kevin in it, and Kevin's a girl, but also a bird. True. That's See, this true. is great because surely everybody has who who has been listening. Thank you for listening. They've they've probably stopped by now. One yeah. sliver so. the cuckoo's nest. Oh, there it is. Birdman, there it is. <laughs> um, yeah, we should probably wrap up, <laughs> guys. Or we could just not, guys. You know that. You <laughs> How know the, long can we go off of this? <laughs> there's we're, oh, we're we've now ex- movies have been around for over a hundred years. Um, <laughs> we 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 got some we got some room. Um. I found an IMDb list of most popular Toucan movies and TV shows. Toucan movies? Like <laughs> Toucan Sam from Fruit Loops? Yes. Okay. Uh, Isn't there a talking toucan in George of the Jungle? Can we do George of the Jungle? There's 45 and George of the Jungle is the first thing on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy! That's the most popular toucan movie. <laughs> oh my goodness. Britton, you remember how how we we had the discussion that there's a month there's a there's some kind of celebration for everything. Yeah, monthly observances. Yeah. There, there's also there's also a, a, a list for everything. Apparently, <laughs> That's very true. I'm I'm learning this. Well, it's like when when Netflix would give you these really narrow casted reviews. It's like, so here's a dark gritty movies with a strong female lead and a comedy twist <laughs> and a bird sidekick. <laughs> a bird sidekick, <laughs> explicitly voiced by Kumail Nanjiani. So, gentlemen, next, oh, that Polly, that book about one about a parrot. Three Days of the Condor. Three Days of the Condor, please. I mm, want to see that. I found I found our list. This it's is got Robert Redford in it. There's there's a list challenge where you you like fill out movies you've and, and there's one them at each other. There's a list that is movies with a bird in the title. Oh my god, it's very good. So, gentlemen, is that's there? me. <laughs> next, yeah, week, that Guy Ritchie movie. Next week, we're we're taking a brief pause on on James Bond, correct? Uh, is that okay? I think it'll be. It's, we could do that. Um, well, hang on. Do we want to talk about this off mic? Because we we're gonna do Joker soon, and we were thinking about lining yes. it up with the Oscars, yes, which are on February 9th. So next week you will definitely get an episode. It'll either be we'll Gold- figure out what it will be. It'll either be Golden Eye or Joker. Yeah. Um, and then the next the next week will be the uh, other Howard one. the Duck. <gasps> of course, Howard the Duck. Continue. No, of course Howard. How did I think of Howard the Duck? Um. March of the Penguins. <laughs> yeah, I said that one. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so next week we'll be back at you with either GoldenEye or Joker. And Joker will also serve as our kind of like, we'll talk a little bit about the Oscars and we'll all do sort of our top movies of the to year. Kill a Mockingbird. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Dear Lord. Yeah. Oh, I love that movie. Does Mockingjay count? Uh, Vanilla Sky because it's got clips from <laughs> To Kill a Mockingbird. <laughs> and birds live up in the sky. That's very true. That's where all their houses are. But not, the, but not the clouds anymore, <laughs> thanks to my new device. More clouds for me. Bye-bye, Birdie. Oh, I love, love. I like Bye-bye, Birdie. It's quite silly.
There's a very are, fast turtle. Are there are there birds and Sky Captain in the world of tomorrow? There's a lot of flying in that. What, what is that? What? Um, if, if you can dream it, you can do it. <laughs> Tyler, we're gonna have right. to discuss Sky Captain in the world right, of guys. tomorrow. All right, guys. One, one more. One more for the road. The shaggy right. dog. <laughs> <laughs>